Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today we are here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are, it's been a couple bit, a couple weeks, but we are going to wrap up uh, our discussion with like our season recap and all that fun kind of stuff. This is a very informal intro. But first, we have a couple announcements. William, you want to take it away? Yeah, we've got some exciting news. Uh, first, uh, we've got the got a new trailer for Andor. Uh, this was a really cool, cool trailer, and I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on this. But I mean, we get we get more shots from the the show. Uh, some notable uh, notable appearances include Mon Mothma. Of course, we knew she was going to be in the show. Saw Guerrera with Forrest Whitaker reprising his role with uh, a new haircut too, kind of in between his rebels. And uh, I'm sorry, Clone Wars and uh, Rogue One looks. Um, we've got some almost like I think it looks like a maybe like a Maz like character. Uh, some shots of them trying to infiltrate, I think, an Imperial base. Um, it's it, it's a really cool trailer. What, what did, did you guys watch it? What, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I've watched it about three times. I liked it. I really like watching Diego Luna. I think mm-hmm. he really loves playing the character and it just shows. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be a really good series. Yeah. The quality of just the cinematography and what we're seeing, even just trailer gives me a lot of hope as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's just going to be a really special show. I, I, at least I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. and, and I also think it makes sense that we see, saw Guerrera in this in this aspect of it because we need to see we need to see him basically turn the way he does to where it's separating from the rebellion and he's going a different way than the way Mon Mothma goes so it, it seeing him in this totally makes sense sorry this will be a random question where is Jen at this point in time that is, is a good question is she still with Mon uh sorry with uh Saw at this point or I think this is probably after I assume she's parted ways with him Oh, that's a good question. When did now? Oh, now I'm trying to remember off the top off the top of my head. When did she? When did she leave? Right, so I feel like she was what, five. I thought she was six. younger. Yeah, yeah, I think she's pretty she young. And she didn't leave him. He left her. Yeah. Because remember, she's sitting there yelling at him. I was only a child. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then, you but but then again, more than I did, Tom. well, I, I I've watched it. Well, we've all watched it a lot. But I, I remember oh, she was scene. abandoned when she was sixteen. Okay, uh, I was going to say, because even though she's like a child, I was going to come back and say it doesn't necessarily mean she was little. But in her in her eyes, she was a child at that point, which to a certain extent, you can say 16 right. in her perspective. And, yes. you know, she was born 21 BBY. So when she's 16, it's five BBY. So five years before A New Hope. This show takes place. Uh, oh, shoot. I think it's. Isn't it five years before? It, five or six? maybe i mean maybe we'll see her get uh yeah because they were just talking about it recently um yeah i'm now i'm all of a sudden i'm trying to remember 
yeah, she was pretty, pretty. Young. I've derailed this entire podcast. You did, you did. Now, question. now I'm trying to remember. I, I forget the exact, you know, dates and ages but, and that sort of thing. But, but it, it's a legitimate question, and it will be interesting to see because remember, I think for the second season they're actually jumping forward in time yeah. for the three up. Ep- it's twelve episodes, so three episodes for different aspects going to Rogue One. Uh, found it. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tom. Uh, the first season will cover about a year of Cassian's life. And then the second season will cover uh, about four years. So jumping ahead every like three-ish episodes or so. So if that's the case, that would put us right at five years before you know the Battle of Yavin, which takes place you know, right before, right after Rogue One. So mm-hmm. we we could see a young Jyn Erso. We could see a young Jyn Erso abandoned. You tell me there's a chance. You're, there is definitely a chance based on based on this timeline. I would think so. And I would, wouldn't be surprised if to a certain extent it could make sense because they could also show how she ended up in custody of the, of the Imperials. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because she's, she's abandoned um originally she's abandoned i don't think i don't think they'll focus too much on her but i don't know i don't know it it, it the trailer just looks really cool and i'm i'm yeah. excited for the show where it's fast approaching it'll be here before we know it just um uh not too far actually you know it's, it's funny I, it's almost old news at this point but um since we recorded our last episode they actually announced that they were postponing the release of andor from August 31st, uh, just, you know, a little over a week out as we're recording mm-hmm. this to uh, about 10 days to uh, September, 15 days, uh, two weeks, uh, to September 21st. So uh, uh, they delayed it about 20 days. But we're going to get not one, not two, as originally announced, but three mm-hmm. episodes as part of the premiere uh, how do you guys feel about this delay slash larger premiere? Uh, take it, Stephen. Sorry, I was trying to find my unmute button. Uh, I feel pretty <laughs> good about it. Like, more is better, and yeah, like, I mean, three episodes is what? Like, a good, probably, at minimum of an hour and a half, maybe longer? Mm-hmm. So, I can't complain. I I can't complain at all. I think... I think it's going to serve the series best that they show the three episodes the way they do. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause it's the first, you know, uh, spinoff of a spinoff really. And so hopefully, right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's a, it's a good, uh, way to grab people and get them excited. So we will, uh, we'll see, but man, if you haven't seen that trailer, go check it out. Disney's going big in addition to, um, in addition to putting out the trailer, they've also announced uh, and releasing the first three episodes on day one. They're, they've also announced that they are re-releasing Rogue One in theaters. Um, and yeah, Rogue One will be coming out uh, on August 26th, just five days before the series was originally intended to premiere. And uh, you'll be able to go see it in theaters with a special sneak preview of Andor. So I think that'll be cool. Old. See, yeah. yeah. I, it, Andor on the big screen. Oh, it's always so good. It's so good. And uh yeah, I 
I I hope I would love to be able to go. I have some conflicting plans that might make it difficult, but I'm going to see if I can go if possible because oh, I, I can't. I love Rogue One and I would love to see it again in the theater. So would I. I I do like I do like Rogue One. I think that was the one spot that they really pulled off a great, great movie. Yeah. Was that definitely definitely? Yeah. Um, in other in other Star Wars TV news, they've announced it, that Amanda Stenberg will star in the Acolyte. So we have our first casting announcement for the Acolyte, the series set during the High Republic, um, and more of a Sith style series, a dark side focused, um, uh, being, uh, directed by Leslie Headland. Um, Amanda, Amandala, uh, of course played Rue in the hunger games. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see what she brings to this, this series. I, I, I'm, I'm going to find this fascinating how they're going to take this story for the acolyte, how far are they going to take it to where, Rumor has it we might see somebody, you know, it's a rumor somewhere somebody posted you could see Plagueis in it. Don't know. But anything like this, this is this right now out of all the series is the Dark Horse. This is going to be interesting to see how they're going to do this and how how they're going to write this place within the timeline, see how it's going to tie together to everything. If it does, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. But if you want to see it, you're going to have to pony up a little bit more cash because Disney Plus is getting a big price hike. Um, they also announced that they're introducing a new ad-supported model uh, per variety. <clears throat> the current Disney Plus uh, plan will increase from $7.99 to $10.99 a month. That's a 38% increase. Woo. Uh, and will be known as Disney Plus Premium with no ads, uh, whereas the Disney Plus Basic plan, which takes the current $7.99 slot uh, that, that we're currently paying, uh, will have ads, uh, about four minutes of ads every hour. Um, it's it's nice they're uh, adding in another option for folks who maybe don't want to watch uh, or don't want to pay full price. And this, exp- this content's expensive, but... Price hikes are never, uh, never fun, especially a almost forty percent increase. Yeah, that that's a jump. And as you know, personally as a Star Wars fan, I do not want to watch ads <laughs> in no. my Star Wars. I want to be ad free and just enjoy it. I guess it remains to be seen if there'll be like a pre roll ads up front or they'll, they'll show ads uh, in the middle. But um, yeah, and also, will that how will that impact? And Netflix is going through the same thing. But how will that impact? Um, how they make these shows, right? Will they have more natural ad cuts now or like television used to have, or they're just going to do it up front. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think you'll do? Are you going to do stick with the premium and then price increase or uh, switch to basic and the ads? Uh, I mean, I'm expecting to stick with what, what I've got for the moment. Um, I can't say I'm overly surprised by the price hike. Like it's pretty common for, especially a new service to launch at a lower price than what they really would prefer uh, to charge people, and then you know hike it after. I mean, it's been what like, two, two or three years, years now yeah. plus. Yeah. yeah. So, and especially like Netflix has struggled, which has been one of obviously the big competitors. No, this is not a technology podcast. We could probably go much deeper here. I'm not overly surprised. I think it's probably <laughs> yeah. it's okay. 
I'll survive. I, I'm with Steven. I, I, we'll, we'll survive with it. Yeah. 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 And lastly, a little bit of sad news before we dive into our uh, recap of Kenobi. The Kotar remake uh, has been indefinitely delayed. They've been apparently ah, hitting. Bummer. Yeah. They've been apparently hitting some development issues and the project is currently on pause and, and Aspire Digital, the developer is looking for new contracts and development opportunities. <clears throat> Huge bummer because it's, it's such a great game. Although I'm not entirely surprised. I've said this before. I have so tried playing this game and I really want to try and play this game. And I was hoping that the remake would make it easier for me to get into and play the game. And now it looks like I'm not going to be able to still play it. I just. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, I was looking forward to it. I really was. See, I feel mixed because I, I have such a strong love for the original game, even with all of its kind of clunkiness. And I, I was a little worried that any attempt to streamline it might, uh, might not work as well, yeah. but you're okay. worried it would take away the heart of the game that you, you played originally. Uh, yeah, effectively. Like okay. it's, it's, I realize it's, you know, it's hard, easier to bounce off of because it's, it's a obtuse game. Mm. And I remember playing as a child and I got stuck because I did not understand how that style of game worked. Um, but I, I think it's worth it. Like if, if you can stick it out and figure it out, it, it's such a great game. And I, I, I had high hopes for the remake, but I, you know, it's one of those cases like you don't you don't want to meet your heroes. I don't want to see the remake and realize it's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah, yeah good point. It, 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 it There's also another interesting factor that Aspire Digital, they are they're really known for put re, uh, re-releasing older games in pretty much the same state. Right. Um, Republic Commando, um, Episode One Racer. Right. They clean up things a little bit. Maybe sometimes they'll like refresh the art style, but other than that, it's pretty much the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Um, I they are not known for like creating new games out of whole cloth. And while yes, Kotor is a remake, by remaking it, they would probably need to significantly re-architect the way the game works. Today, it's you know the original game was more like turn-based. You'd pause it, you'd pick away your actions, and you'd resume. Um, uh, very much like pause and then and resume. Um, and if they want to bring it into the modern era, they probably try to make it more real time is my guess. Uh, yeah. Which would require massive changes to the way the game plays. And for a company that's known for polishing up and like releasing games rather than building new ones from scratch, this was a big project. And I was honestly surprised they took it on to begin with. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I'm not surprised. Like, as much as I want this game, Aspire is not known for creating new games. At least, not that I'm aware of. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bummer, but yeah, I, I'm not entirely surprised. Well, hopefully they can find something else and release that instead. I mean, what other games out there that they have not released that you were saying they like to clean up a little bit, make them a little bit spiffier, and then re-release them? What? I mean, for me, it's Dark Forces. I love the Dark Forces series. And I don't think that has come out yet. I know um, the Jedi ones have come out, but not Dark Forces. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, I guess I should be clear. They have published games from other developers, but they have not, to my knowledge, um, r- developed their own in-house. And mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know if they had the expertise either, which may be why they were running into issues. Anyway, we'll see. I hope they do kick. They they get the project back off the ground and on track, or maybe you know Lucasfilm gives the project to another developer because I really want another Kotar. And with well, that, we'll see. Should we uh, should we get into our recap of of this series? That, I think it's safe to say series. The six yeah. hour Kenobi movie. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom, for those who haven't listened to all our reviews or watched Kenobi, and if you haven't, you should. What are we discussing tonight? Well, we are going to be doing a season review of the Obi Wan Kenobi series that was on Disney Plus. The episodes were directed by Deborah Chow. And they are written by Joby Harold, Hassan Amini, and Stuart Beatty. Now, for the synopsis, since it's the whole thing, when agents of the Empire pose a new threat, Obi-Wan Kenobi emerges after years of hiding. I will say this about the episode, about the whole the series as a whole. I did not expect the turn that they did to focus on Leia when you thought the whole time. It was going to be something about Luke. Yeah, I think that was one of the greatest twists of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ewan McGregor was actually doing an interview recently and even acknowledged that, you know, originally the earliest drafts, yeah, were supposed to be about Luke. And then they switched to Leia and it just felt so perfect. And I, I think Leia is, without a doubt, the standout element in this series. Mm-hmm. I love Luke, don't get me wrong, but Leia is just fan fantastic in this show Um, yeah i i think i think they definitely picked the right storyline to keep the interest because we've we've always said we've seen too much of tatooine let's do something different and in this case yeah you're back on tatooine okay now it's going to be a story about luke but they pulled a fast one on us and said hey it's going to be about leia and boy i think that was the smartest thing they did yeah, Stephen, what, what what did you think of this the show? I so I think in general I agree. It was definitely unexpected. It was a surprise. Um, I did like the inclusion of Leia in the story. I think my biggest issue was just that it felt it was a great story in isolation of everything that came around it. I do mm-hmm. feel like it conflicts with Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and makes that experience a little bit tougher. Um, it's I Leia's message to you know General Kenobi years ago. You served my father in the Clone Wars. Really, he's the guy who saved your life not that long ago. Like, why not? Uh, why no love for Uncle Kenobi? Like it. That part of it, I think, still bothers me a little bit. Um, and I like the Star Wars fan in me goes back and forth between. I wish they would stop messing with canon versus the, well, they messed with canon, but, you know, it's okay. They they made it work. So, I don't know. I go I go back and forth even within the same sentence as it, you can clearly see. <laughs> I guess the biggest thing would be is, Stephen, if they were to have written the episode between to have Luke be in the center to the main focus... Where could they have gone with it? I mean, you're not wrong, Tom. I 
if they'd gone with just Luke, I think it would have been a little bit tough. Like, I feel like we probably would have been stuck on Tatooine at that point, which, you know, we're I'm done with Tatooine. I'm, I'm more than happy to not be spending more time there. Um, so I... I can't disagree with you, but also I'm not a writer, and so I feel slightly less responsibility to try and come up with an explanation for that. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I, I I know what you mean. It's it would have been difficult for them to do any kind of story with Luke because other than keeping him on Tatooine, because that's the reason why Obi Wan was put there, is to watch over Luke. So that means all the storylines would have to have been on Tatooine. This way, they were able to get him off planet. And to my opinion, with a left field story of Leia that and the actress really is what made that work. I think they pulled it off. You might have the point about how they're playing with canon about episode four and the years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars that you're you're right about that. But I think they have an easier time and an easier time. They proved it with the Leia storyline than they did with the Luke storyline. Certainly, yeah. I mean, that, like I said, it's fair. I this is one of those things. Like, I'm I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm picky in a lot of ways. Um, I, I do. I think I would have been happier if, like, I really wanted to see them like make Leia forget or have Ogun disguise himself more with Leia. I think that would have helped. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of something to smooth out that little bit. Like, hey, how? Why is this relationship the way it is? Mm-hmm. No, and, and I can I can definitely see your point on that, because you do have the point to where he does basically, in a way, reveal he's a Jedi. So to sit there and ask that in episode four, well, she would have known she, he was already a Jedi. And that was Obi-Wan. So I, I see your point in all that. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it... it... It doesn't really bother me that much. Like, yes, you're t- you are right, right? It's a little weird, but I feel like you could probably excuse it uh, and and rationalize it. Where oh, she's just trying not to be, you know, reveal what's going on too much or the connection. I mean, yes, she does talk about the Death Star and stuff, so it's not perfect. But I don't know. I could I could see it at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I loved their dynamic. Right, I loved the way that. Uh, Ewan McGregor and Vivian Lila uh, Blair, uh, just they interacted. She was just such a perfect choice for mm-hmm. Leia, and and I think that made it all worth it. It was a nice, unique, different story than we were expecting, and it gave Obi Wan a reason to leave Tatooine because you right. can't have another story that just is on Tatooine. There's one because they've already done that so much with the Star Wars series so far, uh, but two because if the threat is on Tatooine the whole time and like, you know, you have the inquisitors following, trying to find Obi-Wan and all this stuff. Yes. He could leave, I guess to try to stop some other threat before they can get to Luke. But ultimately I think going after Leia and having an adventure where he can try to rescue her and have a relationship with her works much better for this kind of story. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It also gives them an opportunity uh, so, to take everybody to different planets. Exactly, exactly. And we yeah. got some really cool planets. Do you what? What would you say your favorite was of all of the the planets? We got Nur with the Fortress Inquisitorius. We got Dayu, that like Hong Kong like city. We got Mapuzo. 
uh, what are the some of the other? Well, ones we, we also got, got um, some really cool locations. Uh, we also got to see more of Leia's home planet. Why? Oh my gosh, Why? Alderaan! We got more Alderaan. Got oh, more that, Alderaan. That was amazing. Why was I blanking? Having on only that? seen it so briefly at the end of <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. So we we got we got different locations, which it just helps expand the Star Wars universe going to those different locations. And that's the other thing about this. We're able to do that. So exactly, no, that, exactly, and yeah. that's why I think it was so cool. And just getting to see more of the Organas and, and that whole relationship, getting to see more of the the Inquisitors, which we've not really seen out in live action for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the you know, there's a lot of rebels influences in this show, uh, both from the Inquisitors and their lightsaber style, and the way they basically copied the Ahsoka Vader fight with uh, Vader and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But I still really enjoyed it overall. Yeah, and I, I think when it comes to the Inquisitors, I will have to say when it comes to the one Inquisitor, Reva, when she first started out and until you got to understand her backstory, I think the character for me grew more as the episodes went along because you really got to see the drive other than, you know, going after Kenobi, going after Kenobi. No, there was a reason because she really, yeah, she was hunting Kenobi, but in a way she was actually hunting Vader, which I thought that was, that was a twist. And then to come and find out, yeah. And then to find out the actual backstory, which I think people kind of figured out after a while, she was one of the last younglings that was in the temple and she actually saw Anakin Skywalker's face. And was able to live to tell about it. Yes. That was such a cool way to start off the series, right? So mm-hmm. unexpected. And then and why, why do we have to keep re- And we have to keep going back to Order 66. I understand it's a point to see the fall of the Jedi, but there's a certain point in which we get it. We don't need to see every single angle from Order 66. Have a feeling we're going to see it again from a different angle pretty soon. Eh, if it happens, it happens. That's true. It is a pivotal moment. And we've, when we've seen it in the past, it's not been in live action, right? We've seen it in, um, we've seen it in animation with the Clone Wars ending that story. And of course the beginning of the Bad Batch, we've seen it in Jedi Fallen Order, but we've never actually seen it in live action. And, and I think this is important to kind of set up how she was a Jedi and went to the dark side really, and kind of turned because she felt like, the Jedi weren't protecting her. And it's a really cool dynamic. Yeah. And I think that was the one thing when it came to Kenobi that that did provide a drive for her because he was not there to help or save them or her. So I agree. And so I think over time you, a lot of her motivations were you at first, you might be like, why is she doing what she's doing? She's trying to get close to Vader. And it's such a great, I, that was one thing I was not expecting. It's, I loved that twist. That really made the whole thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially when it came to the realization that Obi-Wan's like on the other side of that, um, that door or other side of that. Yeah. Door where he was like, you're hunting him. When he finally realized that that was like, now I get it. So yeah. that that made it work work very well. 
It did. It did. Um, we also got to see more of uh, Owen and Baru Lars. Stephen, what did you think of you know, Owen and Baru at this time period? It's really the most we've we've gotten to see them aside from you know the beginning of a new hope or various scenes in attack of the clones or briefly in revenge of the Sith. This is the most time we've spent with them, I guess, especially with Owen. So close is my answer. William. So very close to being what I wanted to see. I, I did love that. We got to see, uh, the kind of confrontational nature of Owen with, uh, I, I want to keep wanting to say Kenobi with Obi-Wan. Um, Especially in like that first episode, a lot of fantastic uh, scenes between the two of them that I really, really enjoyed. I think my biggest disappointment is just after so much buildup about how, you know, Owen talking to Obi-Wan about how, you know, I can protect my boy. Uh, and then having him fall short of that, what I felt like was a little bit of a miss. I think the story would have been significantly better if Owen and Baru had been the ones to protect and save Luke. Well, the one thing I liked about the uh, Owen and Baru, they they had a good. I liked the episode. I liked the series because they developed a really good backstory for the two of them. Owen was really the protective father of Luke, basically mm-hmm. telling Obi Wan to stay away. That I appreciated. And then when it came down to brass tacks at the end, where they were being attacked by Reva, then you got to see Aunt Baru basically be a bad A and start going for the weapons. Like you know what, we knew this was going to happen. We knew we have to sit here and protect him. So get your gun and let's go do this. That was awesome. <laughs> I that did was appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. Just I, I, yeah. Totally, totally appreciated that. Steven, sorry. Yeah. You got some? No, I was just agreeing. But like, oh, yeah. I, I really like that moment. I just wish they had been successful. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit disappointing that ultimately they they lost. Um, yeah. My, my biggest thing, though, is... If you're going to hide the kid in a certain area, don't run toward that area where the kid is. Run a different direction instead of well, always. I, le- I think Reva knew could sense Luke, right? So it wasn't they were leading hit uh, Reva as much as Reva was leading them. Okay, you got a good point on that one. True, true. Uh, another thing I really enjoyed was the dynamic between Owen and. And, and Obi-Wan the you know we always knew that they are not they don't really see eye to eye don't really get get along very well but even though that continues even after the series you, you get a bit of a grudging respect where Ben or, or, or um, Owen realizes yeah okay maybe Obi-Wan's not all that bad and even if I don't want him around all the time I'll at least let him meet Luke for the first time and mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing um, which which I appreciated. It was a it was not a lot of add a lot of great layers to their relationship. The other thing I appreciated is we got to see how Luke got that little Skyhopper toy. That I thought was a nice touch. No, I disagree. I no? disagree. Why? Okay, I, come on. Sorry. Come on. Come on. There, come on. Why? This this is the second thing that Kenobi did that bothered me. The first is <laughs> the recycling of the mentor plus young child trope that Star Wars is leaning on super heavily. I that one I at least accept that like they found a form that they really like and so they're gonna do it. Mm. But the Skyhopper was such a like it was fine. Don't get me wrong, it's not horrible. 
But like, do we need to keep explaining every minor detail from every background scene in all of Star Wars? Like, I, I think it would have been a much better scene if Obi-Wan had just given him any random toy. Any yeah. random I mean, toy. That's, that's fair. But it, it, uh, I don't know. It, it was just one of those... It's the difference between, like... Uh, I'm trying to think what this... Um, what a previous example this was. The Mandalorians had a couple of them both ways. Like, it's the difference between, like, the ice cream maker that's like, ah, oh, we're revealing it's actually safe. The type of thing only an obscure Star Wars fan would know. And the, mm-hmm. hey... Do you remember this very prominent thing? Let's explain where it came from. It's like, I I get it. You don't need to, like, I'm already a Star Wars fan. You don't need to shove every piece of it into my face. <laughs> okay, okay. That, but that, that is... ice cream, okay, but that ice cream maker actually paid off because I had to go buy one for my son, and it's in his room right now so he can put his Basker armor in it. So, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. it works. But, well, I think that's what Steven's saying, but, you know, the. I, I get your point, Stephen. It is a bit gratuitous that they're like, "Oh, we have to explain how this toy came about." But I also enjoyed again how it it was something that it was more the emotional. You know, Obi Wan wanted to give something to Luke, and Ben refused, and then he finally, ah. you know, lets him do it. And I guess in some ways, it's kind of cool because that toy whether Luke knows it or not, it became a toy that's really special for him. You know, mm-hmm. a toy that he would keep until he was 19 and it'd still like fly around in his garage. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, it's, uh, it was, it was kind of nice. You know, I guess Star Wars shouldn't do it all the time. And yes, they had the, we, Star Wars tends to rely a bit heavily on it. Yeah, and I I, I want to be clear. Like, I agree that the act of giving the toy for Luke having to be rejected, I 100% agree. It made for a good emotional moment. Mm -hmm. I just want to see a little bit less of the the extra bits. Okay, that's fair. All right, I I I guess that's fair. I mean, the the only other thing he could have done is given him a stuffed Ewok. I guess I don't know. (laughs) Or a pair of lucky dice, maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah, the nah, not the lucky dice. That that's that's for Han. That's for somebody else. Yeah. So okay. So we talked about Owen and Baru. We've talked about um, uh, Reva. I mean, uh, we're missing a very important character, William. How, guys, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I mean, yeah. How did you feel about the Grand Inquisitor? live action for the okay, first time that, that is that is a very good okay. question that's a valid point he not what i was gonna say but i i agree with you the I, inquisitor you sorry who else could you be talking about well i mean there's a little thing like anakin um but before we talk about anakin uh oh yeah the grand inquisitor i liked seeing the grand inquisitor Overall, it was really cool to see him make the jump from Rebels into live action. The thing I didn't love was how they killed him off for they quickly. They I think I feel like they killed him off for the shock factor. Really more than anything else. And yes, they needed to give Reva an opening so that she could Mm. have something to shoot for. And hopefully, you know, give her a reason to to be motivated. But it still was a little bit weird that they tried to shock the audience 
and you know like oh look he's dead he's been impaled and then he just magically shows up at the very end it was a I, yeah it, i think okay i think for me about the only reason that would explain it for me was and i think i said it in the show as well uh, when we reviewed the episode as well that it at least showed you that it was revenge that basically kept him alive so he could go after Riva and and get back at her. And that kind of drives also the whole thing when it comes to um, Darth Maul as well. It was I, the I hatred, the revenge, that. and all the other stuff. When, when the Inquisitor reappears, he is acting like it is... I don't even know how to describe it. Like it he was, was all nonchalant. Yeah. yeah, he acts like it's part yeah. of his master plan to yeah. let Riva kill him so that they can expose Riva because for some reason they just don't kill her. Like it, I don't know. I, I agree, okay. William. I did not find this particularly convincing. Okay. But also realize Riva, Riva also did not die in the episode as well. I mean, in the series as well. So I, I, I would have expected, and this is why I think I've, I've said when it comes to this, I don't want to see another season of Kenobi. I would rather see a season of Riva because I know we've sat here and talked about Star Wars is about redemption. Well, to an extent, her storyline, she did get redeemed. She was able to save Luke. She was able to bring him back to the, to the, the Lars homestead. And now it's like she even turns to Kenobi. It's like, what do I do now? You know, I, I agree. You know, yeah, I don't think as much as I love you, McGregor. And I think the thing I loved most about this show was Ewan McGregor. Not, not that I didn't yeah. like everything else too, but like, I just, I love his character. I I love Anakin and Obi-Wan. It was so great to see him back. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they've kind of wrapped up his story. I don't know what, how he could continue to leave Tatooine. Yep. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I agree. Like if they're going to continue in some ways, I think a Riva spinoff would be better in, in some ways. Anyway, uh, yeah, but, but okay. So, that but we, we've got a lot we're talking about. Oh, sorry, Stephen. That's it. That that brings us to Vader. Yes. The, the other big uh I, I don't know if I'd call it a surprise include, but definitely a, a key part of the story they wanted to tell. But I uh, Vader, I think, was kind of a, a shoe in to include, and I think generally they did a fantastic job with him. From his uh, complete dominance in so many of the episodes we saw him um, to, you know, basically stealing the best part of Rebels in that amazing fight sequence with Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan in the ultimate episode. Mm -hmm. Just well done overall. I couldn't agree more. I loved the fight scenes. I loved Vader's inclusion, being able to see him on Mustafar and his Vader's castle and, and... seeing more uh, like Anakin in the back to tank, even the, the flashbacks with Hayden Christensen and, uh, and Obi-Wan dueling in the Jedi council chambers or Jedi, some other one of the other top of the spires. It's mm-hmm. really cool. I and, and, loved and seeing I thought, them back and the, the, di- the dynamic, especially when Obi-Wan and Vader are facing off and they, you can see that emotion and the brotherhood and, mm-hmm. and the anger. Oh, it's so good. And the hurt. Oh. And I think, I think that sparring that they did within the Jedi temple is very pivotal within this series because it actually showed at that point, Anakin was starting to lose it and he was kind of going a little bit, 
you know, overboard on his fighting techniques. And, and you could see it starting to come out. And it was kind of Obi-Wan to kind of sit there and kind of, you know, rein him back in during the, during the fighting. I love that whole, that, that whole sparring part. You know, I thought it was great. Yeah. But then when you get yeah, to the actual lightsaber battle of, at the end was. Their you know, use of ahead. Vader in general was just really well done. Yes. Uh, he wasn't too, uh, he wasn't used too much where he becomes, you know, they take, take away the power in some ways, right? If he's just constantly losing. Um, it was the right balance of Vader, which I appreciated. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um, we also got to learn more about the dark times in some ways. We got to see, learn about the the path and this, uh, this basically the underground railroad for Jedi. Really cool. I loved seeing that, and and some nice references to the uh, other Star Wars works as well. The, mm-hmm. If you look closely on the walls, yeah, I thought the path was a great inclusion and a good like I. Honestly, I think I would have enjoyed seeing, you know, Tom, you asked me what would I prefer the show to be about? Maybe it's about Obi-Wan helping with the path. I, Good point. I think that could have been maybe an, an interesting focal point that didn't revolve around, you know, uh, Vader specifically. And, and I totally or, agree. Sorry, because, specifically. Yeah, and, and I totally agree because I think the best thing about that was you got to see which of the Jedis actually made it. Because I believe Obi-Wan said Voss made it. Okay, and then... Um, we also got, uh, was it corn horn kind of a reference to one of the kids. So we, we'd be able to see who moved along the path. Yeah. I, yeah. I would love to see more of the path. I think that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, we all, we also got to see more of the fortress inquisitorious and some of the Jedi being captured, uh, in that amber, those amber slabs, uh, lots of really interesting implications there. They didn't really give us any answers, but there's a, I don't know, there's so much potential here for other, other Star Wars storytelling. Uh, we also got some other new characters like Roken and and uh, uh, Tali, and they're all really cool characters. Um, I guess you know, in the in the in the context of the show, they were great. I think they're. You know, I, I when we're looking back on the recap, right? They didn't have a huge role, uh, per se. Um, but I, I think they were great additions to the to the show. Yeah, I'll say I think Tala was probably the best addition. Um, yeah. you know, Imperial officer, member of the path. I, I felt like she got a good amount of screen time that really let her shine and you know show off show off what she could do. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think. When we discussed that character, William, you pointed out something that made sense after thinking about it, that she played that character as if she were in love with Obi-Wan. And when you watch that character the second time when you mentioned that, it was noticeable when you really start paying attention. So mm, I, yeah. I agree. I, and the only part of her that did bother me was when she was in the Inquisitor place and she was seated at that console and she was getting all this information and she oh, was I, talking out loud and people um, were just I walking think around the rules for security in the Star Wars universe make zero sense. It's not From the Bale leaving a <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. it. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I guess 
one other big thing we should talk about is Obi-Wan's journey his throughout throughout this episode his emotional journey right when he starts he's he's a broken man he's alone on Tatooine shut himself off from the force working uh kind of undercover or just you know the day job like basically cutting up this weird space or desert whale thing desert worm anyway it doesn't really matter yeah. uh and, and throughout the course of the series, we see him learn to open back up to the Force again and to become the man he is in A New Hope, who's, who understands Anakin wasn't really his fault, and it's okay. Uh, and, and eventually, he's rewarded with Qui-Gon. That was nice to see Qui-Gon. You expected it? You would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but I love how so he was much more Tom. I, oh, I, yes. It was so great to see. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the actor. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah. Can we not but, have just but, done way more of that? Please. I know. I just, Please. I just love how, I just love how he was like in so many words. Well, it took you long enough. I mean, I would take a Liam Neeson, Obi-Wan show, just the two of them, like talking in Obi-Wan's hut. Like that. But there, <laughs> there would have them. to be flashbacks. <laughs> there would have to be flashbacks of basically, you know, a master and Padawan type thing going on. There'd have to oh, wow, be some type of story awesome. like that. I, I, I agree with you on that. But they can't just sit in a hut for six episodes and talk. I mean, that's a lot. That's how much I love the characters. I would, I would enjoy it. But you're right. They probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be an interesting try for like maybe. 15 minutes for a half I would watch it. hour. Yeah, but not for a full six episodes. Watch me, Tom. Okay. You can watch me watch, watch, me watch them. I will, <laughs> I will watch exactly. you watching William watching this show. So I, I will try oh. that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'll try that. I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's so much we could continue talking about. I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but you know, we, we've, we've spent st- five and a half episodes ish. right. I guess yeah. talking about the series in depth. It, it, at the end of the day, I guess, how would you summarize your feelings on this show overall? And maybe even include a rating. You go first. I want to hear you first. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters and I was so excited for Kenobi and I think the premiere in particular really delivered. I loved, uh, I love seeing where Kenobi was at and the introduction of Leia was just such a, we talked about some of the pros and cons of the stuff, but like ultimately I loved, I just loved it. Right. I thought it was so cool. So well done. Uh, the the cast was so great, especially you know Ewan and Hayden and Vivian Lila Blair, um, and so you know that made me really happy, and it was really cool to see Obi Wan during the dark times even go off like go off planet. Um, I loved all of that and, and getting to see Qui Gon again, seeing Vader again, all oh, such amazing. Amazing stuff. Uh, when it comes down to the specifics of certain episodes, I feel like the 
you know, the first episode was like Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine. The second one was them going to Mapuzo, right? Or I'm sorry, Dayu first. And then they go to Mapuzo and he just, they're, they're wandering around. And then they go to, um, they go to the Fortress Inquisitorius. Actually, no, they go to Jabim. No, they go to Fortress Inquisitorius first uh, with a quick stop on Jabim. And then they, you know, we have the big confrontation uh, between Ob- the, with the, the, the uh they attack the the hideout on uh, the path headquarters on Jabim. All right, and we have the big confrontation. E- each episode was kind of its own it felt kind of like a bottle episode in many ways. Like it, they they were a bottle episode is not the correct term. Um but like you they each one had a very distinct theme, right? And certain of the themes were like, okay, I wouldn't it doesn't particularly stand out, I guess. It's cool but not like uh wow this was amazing it's not the the plot itself wasn't i would say amazing it's the characters and the setting and the uh the feeling you got watching it that i loved the best um mm-hmm. and the character interactions and uh and, and just seeing again obi-wan and how he deals with vader now it, i i really enjoyed all of that um so yeah, I guess I would give the show overall uh, an eight point five Womp Rats out of ten. I really, really loved it. It's not a perfect show, but I it was I just had a smile on my face watching almost all of the episodes, and it was really it was really special from from that standpoint. So I'm gonna give it eight and a half Womp Rats, and each of the eight and a half Womp Rats have a little droid like Lola. Because who wouldn't want one? Mm. Steven? Well, I guess I'm going to go next. Well, Steven, go next. Or Tom. Oh, okay. Uh, I know. Uh, William, you have chosen me. Tom, I will fight you for it. So, William, it's interesting. I feel like I'm on the opposite side of the coin from you in some ways. I also broadly enjoyed Kenobi. But I feel like it was just not quite there for me um like if there was it's one of those things where like if you it's almost like a flip of a coin you came down heads and i'm coming down i think on tails <laughs> i think the core <laughs> of the show is so close um yes i have issues with like the like going back to the mentor child you know uh trope and so on but like i can i can accept that that's what they went with even though it wasn't my per, what i would have preferred I think my biggest issues are just that the the pacing for the show ended up feeling very uneven. Um, and in, in, this is, I don't want to go too deep into like, you know, the behind the scenes, but in some ways it feels like a movie that got chopped up into a TV series. And when they chopped it up into a TV series, they realized they need to add on extra content to make it last for six hours instead of two. I suspect there was a really tight, like two hour movie that Kenobi started as, and when they moved it to Disney Plus, it they they struggled to bolt on some of the extra pieces that were needed. Um, I think I'm gonna give it, I think six and a half overall. I enjoyed watching it, but it I ended up, I think my overwhelming feeling after watching it is a little bit of bittersweet disappointment. It was good. I enjoyed watching it, but I also feel like it could have been so much more with just a couple of tweaks here and there. Um, but uh, uh, my six and a half Womp Rats, I mean, 
the Fortress Inquisitorius has a lot of different prisoners. Prisoners, you know, we saw the Jedi room, uh, but if you'd taken a left instead of a right, they would have gone down the Womp Rat Hall, uh, which is in in many ways even more terrifying. Where oh, six no. and a half Womp Rats are being kept for future purposes. Wow. Okay. I love the series. Uh, I guess I'm going to go next. I'm going to go last. Um, I love the series. I like the tone. I I think this is a series that was needed. It gave a great backstory to Obi-Wan. And I can live with some of the things that happened through the episodes. Like, you know, Stephen, when it came to the, the, the Skyhopper, I, I can live with that. And, and God, I love when Beru sits there, sits there and takes charge. I thought that was great. Gave them great backstories. I still would love, and I will still push. I think Reva's the one that, out of all this, the most interesting character. After the first couple episodes, when you finally got to know what drove her, I think she became one of the better characters of the series. I had no problem with that character after the first episodes, because then you got to see where she was going. Um, the little girl who played Leia, outstanding. Just to hold herself that well against Ewan McGregor and the way they interacted was just so fun to watch. I'm for all series in eight. I could go higher. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I loved it. I will probably rewatch it, but I am in the camp to where I think Obi-Wan's story has been told. There's nothing at this point that needs to be retold. And I, 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 I think it's done. And, and I think he's on Tatooine. I don't agree with possibly doing a full six episodes of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon sitting around a place drinking tea or calf and discussing old war or stories. Unless, of course, I'd have no problem with it. But I'm giving the series overall as an eight. My eight Womp Rats, well, I'll tell you honestly, here's what happened. There will be an Obi-Wan Qui-Gon series that will be within Obi-Wan's hut. And it's going to be the Womp Rats that are going to be on a table acting out all the stories that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan recite, you know, basically recite to each other when, when they're talking about the old war stories. So think of it almost like drunk history, I guess it is. But it's the Womp Rats that are going to be acting out all the stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, this was a fun, this is a fun recap. I mean, there's, I'm sure we mm -hmm. missed things. There's so much to talk about on this show, but we, we really wanted to get this out for all of you. I know that we've had a lot of questions. Hey, when are you going to do your Kenobi recap? So we've, we've got it out. We're going to, uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to, we have a lot more content coming. We've got Andor coming, uh, in just a couple mm -hmm. weeks, uh, about a month actually, as you're, as you're listening to this. Um, we've got a lot of Andor coverage for you planned, so stay tuned there. Uh, we've also got the Bad Batch starting in yeah. theoretically late September, although they haven't officially announced a release date yet. So yeah, there's lots of lots of great con content coming. Stay tuned because we'll be right here with our thoughts on all of it. Tom, Stephen, as always. Thanks for thanks for joining me tonight to talk Star Wars. Anytime. And, Most uh, nights are talk 
Star Wars, William. Most <laughs> nights, most nights. Well, yeah, you guys, you guys are lucky. You can talk whenever you want. Me, you know, I, I, I've got small group of friends, but you guys can talk all you want. <laughs> hey, you're, well, you you're guys live closer Tom. than me, and that's true. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll probably be gone. We'll take the next couple weeks off again, and we'll be back in full force with our review of Andor uh, when the series premieres on September twenty first. Cannot we'll, wait. Oh, me too. We'll we'll talk to you guys then. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.